friends' stories, get inspired and learn from thought leaders, CEOs, business owners, managers, entrepreneurs, and experts who tell their brand stories and share their first-hand insights. For all brand lovers, this show is to help you develop and grow your brand in a more intentional, strategic, and most of all, authentic way, locally and globally. Whether it's your personal brand or company brand, or whether you want to brand your product, service, or cause. Welcome to Brands Talk. I'm your host, Brigitte Bakowski. I'm the founder and owner of Bridget Brands. I help my clients craft meaningful strategies that effectively elevate their brands to unleash their full potential and shine. Walk the talk. Let's get started and dive with me into the world of brands. How do you go from being a chocolatier to a video educator and podcaster? Of course, you start an IT business. If you own a business, work in a business, are on social media, scroll Instagram, follow people's dance moves on TikTok, then you know video is the thing. As a business owner, you're told, use video. On Instagram, you're told, post reels. Videos get more engagement. That has been proven. So we know we should use videos for our businesses, but many of us don't know where to start. It can be intimidating. Lee Midlane takes the guesswork out of it. Lee is the owner of IT Central and has recently launched the Video Production Academy. Lee's a lot of fun and has extensive experience in media education and business. Her media specialty is editing, although she describes herself as an all-rounder. In business, she specializes in development, strategy, and marketing. It is her passion to help tech-stressed business owners create videos for their businesses. I warmly welcome Lee Midlane. Welcome to Brands Talk. Thank you. It's just, it's wonderful to be here. (laughs) (laughs) It's wonderful having you, Lee. So let's get right into it. This is such an important topic for all sorts of people with different backgrounds and motivations who all want to create amazing, eye-catching videos that break through the clutter and stand out. But before we dive deep and get all the answers from you, Lee, could you tell us a little bit about your background, your journey that brought you here to where you are today? What's your story? And there is a sweet chocolatey touch to it, right? <laughs> Oh, absolutely. It's not what you would call a traditional career path. It's not a route that you would go to a careers teacher and they'd say, yes, do that. So when I finished school, I went on to university and I did a degree in television and radio production. And from there, I went into teaching. So at the age of 22, I was teaching a group of men all over the age of 50, all about videography, because it was a time when video cameras were really out there. Everybody had one. Um, And so like everybody's dad and granddad had one. And that was my first foray into teaching. 
So I taught in different colleges and in mainstream colleges for a number of years. And then life has a way of taking you on a, a varied journey, shall we say. And you're right, I did end up working in chocolate. I was a chocolatier for nearly 10 years. And I produced Belgian chocolate and wedding cakes and things. But being in rural Scotland, which is where I'm located, it's difficult to run a business that needs footfall. So what we found actually is the business then wasn't viable. Now it would be very different because with TikTok and Instagram and the way that social media is and also the way that things like subscription boxes work, that business probably could do a lot better now than it did um, all those years ago. I went from that to being headhunted to look after an IT business. So I'm not IT trained, but my background is kind of technical with the television and radio production. So I thought, yeah, let's give it a go. How difficult can it be? So it was quite a learning curve. <laughs> it was a very big learning curve. And uh, I did that for 22 months, at which point the owner actually closed the business down. And I was left with a decision, what am I going to do now? And I knew that where I was needed a town centre computer support shop. And so that's what I decided to do. So I'm not a technician. And uh, Brandon, who I've worked with since he was 15, was an apprentice. So he wasn't a technician. And I started IT Central with just the two of us at the beginning. <laughs> and then we managed to recruit a technician. So that was fine. And that was nearly seven years ago. What I found, though, was being on the front line in an IT shop, I could hear um, the negative rhetoric that people would come in with. They would say, oh, I'm tech illiterate. I'm technoboffing. They just, you know, they couldn't do it. And I always say you wouldn't get in a car and expect to pass your driving test without any lessons. You wouldn't pick up a musical instrument and expect to be grade eight or actually get a tune out of it to start off with. And you certainly wouldn't go and run a marathon having not done any training. But somehow with technology, people expect to lay hands on the laptop and just know what to do. So from there, I wanted to develop tech academies. So rather than the academic way of working, which will teach you a theory, go and apply it, I wanted to do it from a user case point of view and say, OK, what do you want to achieve? OK, this is what you need to learn to do that. So we wanted to do these tech academies. And the first one that we've launched is the Video Production Academy, because um, when we went into lockdown a couple of years ago, I had the opportunity to do some online training and I was part of a group and there was 4,000 people in this community. And so many of them were like, I'd love to do this, but the technology is too much. I'd love to do this, but I can't show up on camera. And so I could see, especially women holding themselves back because technology was the thing that got in the way. So the Video Production Academy is about providing training and education for people who are tech stressed, uh, budget wary, and um, what was the other one? Not confident on camera, camera shy, um, to be able to get it so they can show up as the star they are, because everybody has a message and everybody has a story to tell. And that's what the world's interested in. They actually don't care too much about how you look and how you sound to a degree. In fact, that's the thing that makes you unique. Mm -hmm. So you say there is a difference between men and women when it comes to confidence in front of the camera. So what is the number one thing that is holding women back from being on video, being in front of the camera, showing themselves out there? 
I think women are generally more risk averse, which is actually what makes us so much better in business. But, you know, don't tell the guys that. Let's keep that ass. <laughs> um, but men, I think, will put themselves out there and not care as much. Whereas women are like, my friends might see this. Somebody might say something nasty. Um, and so there's that inbuilt fear straight off to say, what's somebody else going to think? Is somebody going to question how I look? Is somebody going to say something about my message and call me out on it? So I think imposter syndrome for women is maybe looms larger than it does for men. And I think women, I mean, some men are absolutely wonderful with their appearance and they take a huge amount of time to make sure that they look good. I think there's more women than men would fall into that category, though. But then it becomes a trap that people fall into that feel that they need to fit a specific Instagram worthy standard that actually doesn't exist. And so they stop themselves from ever starting. From your perspective, do you have any tips or tricks, any advice that can help women to go past that, to overcome this insecurity to be out there? Yeah. I know the thing you have to do is put your big girl pants on first because you are going to be uncomfortable and that's fine. It's part of the process. You always grow more when you're out of your comfort zone. That's that's just a fact. That's the way that it works. So I would say the first thing that you need to do is make the commitment. Be prepared to get out of your comfort zone and know that when you grow, the business has that potential to grow as well. The second thing is use what you have. Don't let the idea of not having a budget stop you. If the only thing that you have is a smartphone, then use a smartphone. If you have a laptop with a web camera on, use that. Just use what you have available. And then you can get fancy later. Um, the next thing, the third thing is to master your message. Be really sure what it is you want to say. Don't wing it. The number of people that will sit down to do a Facebook Live with no preparation and go and then bomb because the fear gets them mm -hmm. is huge. And then it puts you off so you don't come back around and do it again. So you can create a script or you can do something as simple as create bullet points on sticky notes that you then put around the edge of your screen. Mm -hmm. So the most you will do is go, hmm, while you read a sticky note and go, yes, that's where I was. And you can continue on. So give yourself some fail safes that's in there, some safety nets. The next one that I would say, number four, is practice makes confident. Yeah. Practice, practice, practice. And the way that you can do that in a safe space is to create a Facebook group of one, you. And what that does is it allows you to go live, it allows you to practice, and then you watch the videos back. Now, I'm a firm believer in desensitizing yourself. So I know everybody, when they first watch themselves back and they hear the voice and they hear their accent, it's cringy. Everybody hates it. Um, <laughs> it's normal. That is completely normal. So by watching your videos back, you'll get past the stage of going, oh, I don't like how I look or I don't like how I sound. And actually, you start to be critical in a more constructive way to say, actually, my delivery could be better on that. Oh, I lost my energy there, so I need to go back. So the desensitization process will make it so you're better at presenting further down the line. But this is why I say you need to get out of your comfort zone because you're faced with yourself. Um, and then the last thing, number five, is don't be discouraged because it's so easy 
to see people on YouTube that have got a million followers that are totally slick or people that are doing TikTok or doing Instagram and go, oh, I don't look like that. I'm not as good as that. But, you know, they all started somewhere. Every expert starts as a beginner. So give yourself some grace and just keep going. Just put one foot in front of the other. Keep producing that video content and you will get better. If I can do it, you can do it. I went from 30 years of not being on camera because I don't like how I look and I didn't like how I sound, completely avoiding it, wouldn't even speak in a room of people I know, to now speaking on an international stage where I'm literally talking to people all around the world. I have my own YouTube channel. I have my own podcast. And I'm now starting to do speaking engagements elsewhere as well. So like I say, if I can do it, you can do it. Yeah. I think what people usually do, they compare themselves with others and with those that are doing a tremendous good job already. And those are the people they have been on air for so many years or a longer period of time. And um, we just need to start somewhere and should not wait until everything is perfect. Yeah, there is never the time that something is going to be perfect. So we just have to take action, overcome that, and not think what will other people think about us and uh, talk about me and this and that. Just do it. And you learn by doing it. It's, it's, it's a journey, right? You refine and you learn from whatever happens, and then you grow and you level up and then sooner or later you are as good as the other ones you have compared yourself with at the beginning. What I would say is that the things that you don't like about yourself is the things that will endear you to somebody else. Yeah. So the fact that I hear my accent, and I'm from Lancashire in northwest England, so mm. I have very flat vowels, mm. and that's what stopped me being speaking on camera. And now people in other countries especially go, but I love your accent. I love the way you sound. And so it's the thing that will endear them is the quirks and the differences that you think will be an issue are actually the things that will connect you. Exactly. And that's the same thing with me. English is not my mother tongue. Sometimes, you know, it, it takes a while until I have my sentence together, thought together. And I was like, Okay, so how do I come across? And then people tell me, actually, that is a real nice accent that you have. And these quirks and this kind of mispronunciations are pretty lovely. So go ahead. And, you know, that's part of you have to integrate and accept. And it makes you you. It makes you unique. It makes you authentic. And that's how it's supposed to be, right? Absolutely. <laughs> and and authenticity, when it comes to authenticity, because very often when it comes to producing a video, we are editing a video afterwards before we post it, if it's not a live video that we are doing. So how much shall we edit out and what shall stay in order to be authentic? Well, what I would say is you have two different ways of working. So if you're working with a live then obviously you don't get a chance to edit. No. <laughs> but what I would say is people have a lot more grace for that. So if you have a fumble, if something doesn't go well, people will actually be kind to you. They won't think any less of you because something didn't quite go to plan. And then what I would say about editing pre-recorded videos is 
probably aim at 80% because that last 20% will take you the most amount of time, but actually it's the bit that people aren't going to see. So people that are really into video would maybe see the changes, but you do enough to make it so you're happy with it and then get it out there. So 80% is great because it means that people can see you, people can hear you, and you need to make sure that in any video situation that your light is as good as you can make it. Now, it could be that you sit in front of a window or it could be like tonight, I've got fairy lights and a ring light up. And yep. that's how I'm I'm lit in here. It costs £35. It's not studio lighting. It's just basic. And the other thing is people need to be able to hear you well. So for me, I have a mic in here. But there are times where I will use the inbuilt mic on the iPhone as well. So as long as people can see you and hear you well, then the rest of it is fair enough. So take out the things that are really not pretty. Take out the stumbles and the flaws, but not to the stage of making it so slick that you're aiming for perfection because actually people like the things that are not quite the same the erms and the ahs and the slight mishaps are the things that make you human yeah that's what i've learned over time as well <laughs> so minimum equipment is having a good mic um or a, a let's say uh, a built-in Dolby surround system like the MacBook Pro has already, for example. So here you don't need a mic. I'm not working with a mic, but because I'm in Los Angeles right now, back home in Europe, I have a mic that I bought for podcasting and streaming. So what do you think is the minimum equipment that we have? It depends on what it is that you're doing. Mm -hmm. So if you're producing reels, short form content mm -hmm. and Facebook lives, a smartphone will do it for you. If you're producing content for courses, for example, then again, you could do it just with a smartphone um, because if you're in a quiet space and you're quite close to the phone, then actually the audio pickup on it is really, really good. The thing that you need to do is trial it, make a video, watch it back. If you have a business bestie, share it with them and get some constructive feedback on it. Don't share it with your family. Well, you do share it with your family. But, you know, if you've got a family that are cheerleaders like mine, they'll tell you it's great, whatever it looks like. You know, it could be a hot mess and they'll go, oh, that's great. Well done. So make sure you've got people that you can trust their judgment. And then it's a case of trial and error. For me, I got given a microphone, so it's great. I can use this. I have a special webcam, which I use for, for course creation because it's halfway down my screen and it's really clever. And it means I can read and make eye contact because of where the camera is. But you don't need to start with that. You just start with whatever you have. So if you only have a phone, start with your phone. And then with, say, a ring light is, is $30. It's no biggie. And microphones, you look in maybe $100 to $150. And that gets you something that's really good quality. So you can work your way up to things. And it just, it depends on the situation. So it depends on what video you're looking at creating. For some of the people creating reels, all they ever have is the phone and they never move on from it. And actually you can do really, really well with phones these days. I have an iPhone 12 Pro Max and actually the video quality on that is just a little bit less than my studio cameras. So I run Sony A6400s in the studio and I use the, the phone outside. It's not a big difference. Okay, so now we have kind of covered video making and it really depends on what kind of business you have uh, or digital business you have. And then we have 
uh, video editing. So is there any software that you can recommend that helps us or a simple software where can we start with um, when it comes to video editing? I think the very important thing with software is using something that you're comfortable with mm -hmm. because the recommendation is always using something like Premiere Pro or Final Cut Pro. And these are amazing pieces of software but they're really high level and you need to learn so much. The learning curve on them is huge and it doesn't have to be. You could start with something as simple as editing a Facebook video by trimming the ends in their creator studio. It can be as simple as that. Now, the piece of software that I use is called Descript and it's unusual in that what happens is it, when you load a video up, it creates a transcript for you. And what you actually do is edit the transcripts like you would a Word document, and then that edits the video, which I think is so clever. Most of the time, what happens is you put your video in and you get a timeline. So it's almost like a piece of film that you cut up and stick back together, mm -hmm. and then that creates your final video. But with Descript, you do the words, and it does the timeline. So you can still do things with the timeline to sharpen things up. But actually, I, I found that it's really, really simple. It creates captions for you. Um, so more than 80% of video is watched on silent these days. So you have to have some method of people being able to understand what your video is about if there's no sound. So what Descript will do is you can generate something called an SRT file. So if you're uploading to YouTube, what this file will do is you upload the file and it creates the closed captions. The reason this is really good is because the auto-generated ones are not always accurate. Now, coming from the UK, it's not geared for my accent. It's geared for an American accent. I would imagine for you, it would be all over the place at trying to guess what it is that you're actually saying because not because you're unclear, but because it's not tuned to your accent. So by providing an SRT file, you can ensure the accuracy of your message going out. Mm -hmm. So it also will produce things like a TXT file, which is great if you're producing a podcast, you can upload a TXT file, and then that gives a transcript of what was said as well. So there's lots of things that make it simple to use, but actually give you bonuses around the edge as well. Yeah, it's true. A lot of videos are watched silently and then this really makes a difference. Yeah, because people are on the go, especially in Europe when you are riding the subway, public transportation, you want to watch something and then you, yeah, if you have no earphones, then of course you are reading it. Okay, um, so that is a process, video making, video editing, and then we have video marketing. So what is video marketing for the audience? Could you dive a little bit deeper into the whole world of video marketing? That can take a few hours. I'm not going to go there. Um, what I would say is video marketing is how you use video in your business. So it could be having a piece of video on your website that says, hello, this is our team or hello, this is me. Um, because with video, it's the next best thing to speak into somebody one-to-one. -one. They get to see you. They get to see your mannerisms. They get to hear your voice, your intonation. And so they feel like they've met you before they've even met you. So it could be on your website. 
It could be on social media. It could be on LinkedIn. So it just depends on how it is that you want to use it. So with video, you're able to generate much higher views than you would through a photograph or through um, a text post. But the thing that you get that's much better is you get to put meaning into what you're saying in the right places. So it's a little bit like reading a book. You read the book and you read it with the filter of your experience and your emotion. So you will read that story with your own filter on there. And so people will do that when they look at your social media, for example. They will read your post and look at the photograph with their own filter on. So video will allow you to break through that and be able to explain yourself in a way that you want to put forward. So with video marketing, it could be, like I say, social media, it could be reels, but it can also be YouTube. So YouTube is the largest search engine in the world and it's owned by Google. So it's super, super stable. So with social media, the algorithms change. One day, everybody sees your post. The next day, only 10% of your audience see your post. And so that is quite difficult with social media. But with YouTube, they actively promote you. So they will take a video that you put up and test it with an audience and see if that works. And if it works, they'll put more of your things out there. So they actively push you forward. So what you're able to do with that is content marketing. So you get to share your message. You get to talk about the, the thing that you have an authority over uh, on a, a platform that gets people to see what it is that you do and understand your expertise before then they buy into you. So we've only just started our YouTube channel. It's super, super new. But our podcasts go onto the YouTube channel. And actually... Podcasts on YouTube are growing far quicker than on audio-only platforms. I think I read today it's about 35% of uh, podcasts are now done through YouTube, and it's a younger audience that are, are connecting to them through YouTube. So it's important that that part's there. But I also can do workshops effectively, 20-minute workshops on areas that I would teach on, I get to teach people so people can watch that and decide, well, actually, yeah, I quite like what she's saying there. I wonder if there's any training available or I'd like to see more of what she's doing. So there's different elements of, of video marketing that's out there. And what I would say is really it, it's only your own imagination that's going to limit what you do. Because as you're looking at what message you want to put out as a business, who do you want to reach and how do you want to reach them, that you then can start to say, this is how I'm going to use video. Now, what I would say is don't try and use video and everything in one go because you will overwhelm yourself. What I would say is choose one area that you're going to use video on, concentrate on that, get that so you have it how you want it, and then move on to something mm -hmm. else. So land and expand. Don't try and do everything because you will be overwhelmed and actually you won't do very well yeah, with it. Exactly. Yeah. So you also specialize in supporting online course creators. I have a, a question specifically to that because, um, you know, when you do online courses, you have to pre-record very often. So how much shall we be direct to camera when it comes to um, pre-recorded 
let's say, modules and lessons that we have? Should it be more a slide? Should we be part on the slide? Should we be only like direct to camera without slides? Should it be a mix of all of that? So is there any, let's say, numbers of figures out there that you um, rely on that are supportive that we say, okay, 50% or 20% or at the beginning we should be more direct to camera and then the slides only. What is your take on that? I haven't seen any figures as such. So all I have is anecdotal evidence. Mm -hmm. So one of the ladies that I interviewed for my podcast, and this is for webinars rather than for course content, she is quite analytical. So what she did is did some webinars where it was slides only, and she did webinars where it was her face only. And the ones where it was her on camera converted seven times as high as the slides only. Okay. It was a huge difference, yeah. huge. What I would say with course creation, though, is it depends on how comfortable you are. Now, personally, what I do is I record everything to camera, and then I, instead of having a slide deck that runs through, I will fade a slide in and fade it back out to me. Mm -hmm. Now, I can do that because I'm a video editor and I'm really comfortable and it's really quick for me to do. What you could maybe do, rather than just have all slides, is open to camera, go to slides, and finish back on camera. So you're doing the two ends of it so people can see you and they can make that connection with you, but then they've got the information on the slides. So work in whatever way is best for you. Mm -hmm. Now, the other tip that I would give is if you are recording, say, a lesson, record it all in one go because you're never going to get the lighting quite right you're never going to get your hair quite the same the sound's not going to be exact so if you go and you start to edit and you think oh gosh I need to change that and you go and try and re-record that it's never going to be quite the same yeah so what I would do is make sure that you've recorded absolutely everything that you need to and then you can tidy it up later on the other thing that I would say is you're never going to get it perfect and what I would recommend that you do is speak to the camera. And if you make a mistake, take a breath, have a pause, and then continue. And what that will do is when you come to edit, there'll be a um, like a flat line on the timeline. So most of the time when you're editing, you'll see the audio has a waveform. And when you stop speaking, it goes flat. So it's really easy to spot. It also makes it quite easy to edit because it gives you a clear space to go, I'm cutting that chunk out. But definitely record everything in one go. It can be difficult and energy levels can be a real issue. And that's something that you need to watch for. But by doing it all in one go, you have it nailed and then you can go and have a breather and then go and do the next lesson. And then, like I say, you tidy it up in the editing and then you can finish it off there. But I would work with whatever way suits you. So if you're doing it so you've got a piece to camera, then slides and then a piece to camera, there's software like Loom that you can use. It's free to use. And that actually will put you in a little bubble in the corner. So then you actually get the best of both worlds. You've got you on camera and the slide as well. But even if you're doing it and you're recording in Zoom, for example, Zoom is great. You can use the free package and you rec can record a 40 minute video 
and do a screen share as part of it and it won't cost you anything and you download it afterwards. So you can do your piece to camera and then have a minute while you're sorting yourself out and you do your screen share, then you do that element and then you take it off and then you do your final part. And then when you go to edit, you take those chunks out. That's the beauty of editing. You take out the bits that you don't want people to see. Yeah, that's great advice. Thank you so much, Lee. Uh, and it's really about also to have this connection with the person who teaches it so they can really feel you. Now, I have a question for you, Lee. Through the lens of a camera, what defines a strong personal brand? Ooh, <laughs> that's a key of a question. Um, I've seen it where people have dressed in the color of their brand. So um, they will make sure that they're on brand. Mm -hmm. So it's things like making sure that there's a particular look. And I think what it comes down to is a congruence. So if you have a brand that's all about ethics and uh, nature, mm -hmm. and then you turn up wearing plastic <laughs> or you know you're wearing things that don't line up mm -hmm. with it then there's, there's going to be a, a disconnect in there so it's making sure that everything actually lines up so you have to think about what it is what is your house style what are your colors what are your fonts now tonight I've actually got video production academy t-shirt on because I'm just in from work but uh, I tend to wear a scarf when I'm on video because I like the look mm -hmm. of it. I have lots of butterflies just because I like lots of butterflies. It doesn't mean anything. It's just because I like butterflies. If I was doing uh, a piece to camera that was specifically for the Video Production Academy, I would make sure that I'm wearing my Video Production Academy uniform because this is part of what I'm putting forward with that. So really you need to look at what it is that makes it so all the different elements tie together so the video production academy actually the main color is a super vibrant hot pink now with this color and complexion i don't think i can carry that color off so i go for a navy instead um but then it just depends on what it is like say that you feel comfortable with as well but what is it that your brand stands for what is it that you want people to see what is it that makes your brand authentic and then make sure you present yourself within that as okay. well. Wonderful. Thank you so much. I would like to come back to your journey coming from an employee and then transforming into an entrepreneur with your company, IT Central. And that was in 2015. And last year you started Video Production Academy. So that's, that's kind of an involvement of IT Central, I suppose. So what was your yes. number one struggle in starting your own business? I think the need to do absolutely everything for myself. Mm -hmm. So I've had a couple of businesses. I've worked for people. I've been self-employed. I've worked for people and then I'm back self-employed again. And working for somebody else, I would say, is much simpler. You go in, you do your job, and then you go home. And that's it. You can leave your work there. And as somebody who's self-employed, my brain never stops. Yeah. And I think, I think you're either an entrepreneur or you're not. And there's people that are business owners who are not entrepreneurs. 
because it's a mindset. It's a way that your brain thinks. So my 13-year-old son is going, I want to start a business. Well, that's a great idea. And we're just having a chat in the car. And I'm remembering all the business ideas that I've had. When, oh, yeah, we did talk about this and that. And so your brain never quite switches off. But you also have this need. I mean, because I bootstrapped the business, we've not had funding. So I've learned marketing because I need to market my business. I've learned bookkeeping because I need to make sure that my books are accurate and up to date. And there's all these different things that as a self-employed person, you have to do. So often you go into self-employment and go, I love being a plumber. I'm going to be a plumber for the people. And then you go, but actually, you've got to do invoice generation. You've got to do emails, administration, marketing. You've then got to deal with accountants. You've got to deal with your governmental taxes. And all of a sudden, the bit that you wanted to do becomes about 10% of the whole picture. And I think that can be quite difficult because all of a sudden, that ability to switch off at five o'clock doesn't happen because you go home and you continue to work, whether it's even just thinking about what it is that you're going to be doing tomorrow. What's even worse is if you get to go on holiday, which is a definite if, because if you're not working, you're not earning. So you go on holiday, you're already very aware there's no money coming in because your business has stopped for that two weeks. But because you've got time to stop and think, you're going, I could do this, I could do that. And when I was a chocolatier, our Christmas break was designing Easter eggs. Yeah. That's what we used to spend our Christmas break doing. So we'd be away on holiday sketching Easter egg designs. Mm. So there's that ability where, or that requirement initially to start off with where you don't seem to switch off and you have to learn to switch off and you have to fight for that work-life balance to come back exactly. in again. Exactly, you have to set the boundaries, yeah. So would you like to talk about what you are currently offering, any courses? I, I know you also have a podcast where you invite guests about creating amazing videos. Would you like to mention your latest course or product that you are having on the market right now or which is open for enrollment? I don't have anything that's open for enrollment right now. Mm -hmm. So I'm working on something at the moment that's based all around being confident on camera. So hopefully by next week, there'll be a free course available. And then before the end of July, there'll be a full course available. And in the full course, there are six modules. There is confident start because you need to know what to expect from the course. Mm -hmm. Then there is confident self about self-presentation, about how to be confident in who you are on camera. And it looks at things like body language um, and mannerisms, which is absolutely fascinating to do the research on. I've been doing a lot with my hands today and I'm sort of very aware of this. It's like, oh, I'm sorry, maybe not. Um, the next part is confident voice. Mm -hmm. So it's looking at things like breathing technique. Um, I have a friend who works in theatre and she's a professional vocalist and she's been absolutely wonderful and she has some hilarious exercises to do to make sure that your voice is ready. If you're recording course material, you can be speaking for an hour or two and actually that takes its toll so you need to be ready to be able to do that. And then we look at uh, confidence space because procrastination is a huge issue. 
And if you don't have a studio space set up, it is very easy to go, oh, but I can't be bothered doing that today. I'll do it tomorrow. And of course, tomorrow never comes. You're three months down the line and you haven't done it. So the, my studio space that you're in at the moment is about seven foot by five foot. You're in the corner of my bedroom and it cost me about £100 to put together. So we look at the idea of creating a studio space in the tiniest of spaces and with the lowest of budgets. So you can't procrastinate. You have to get on with it. So I literally come in, plug in my laptop and I'm good to go. So we look at creating that space. And then module number five is confident video. So we look at the basics of editing. We look at the basics of how do you get the most out of your video. And that includes things like repurposing your content. Because if you create a video, you can use it more than once. So you maybe would create, say, for example, the video podcast. So you have the video there. And then you take little chunks out of it and create social videos that help promote it. These become your reels on Facebook, Instagram and TikTok. But you can also create a blog post off the back of it, or you can create a playlist. So if somebody's interested in storytelling, you can say, well, these are the different ones that you look at. So there's so much that you can do with that. And that's what we cover in Confident Video. And then we go for a confident finish to get people ready to be out there. So the plan is we take you from zero to superstar in six modules. Beautiful. There is so much wisdom already in it. Thank you so much, Lee. You're very welcome. Yeah, we are almost at the end of our show. And with every one of my guests, I do a word wrap. So I would love you to give me quick and short answers. Is that all right for you? <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> all right. Media. Well, I would have said studies because that's where I started. Okay. Technology. Is a tool, not a barrier. Podcast. Great fun. I get to meet people all around the world. Brains. Should be strong and should be unique. Great. Lee, where can listeners find you? Because I'm sure there's a lot of listeners who want to get in touch with you. How do they get in touch with you? Where do they find you? Well, do you know, we've kept it super, super simple. So if you look for Video Production Academy, you'll find us. So it's Facebook or it's on Instagram or on TikTok or it's videoproductionacademy.co.uk because we couldn't get the .com. Um, and I'm on LinkedIn as Lee Midlane. So if you reach out and connect, I will speak to you. <laughs> Great. Lee, thank you so much for being my guest today on Brains Talk. It was a pleasure having you to learn all things about being confident on camera. Thank you so much. That was my privilege. Thank you. Thank you. And this was my conversation with Lee Midlane. If you like my show, follow Brands Talk on your preferred app, share it on social media, and if you find a minute or two, leave a quick rating or review. Thank you so much. If you want to learn more about me and my services, head over to BridgetBrands.com and get inspired. If you need support in becoming a strong and truly authentic brand, drop me an email. I'd love to be your guide on your hero journey. 
I hope you will stay tuned in on the next episode when we dive into the world of brains. Thank you.